Well, I want to welcome you today to a special standalone message titled Follow, where I have one goal, and that is that we could more clearly define as a church what it means to follow Christ. And for those of us who've never gone public with our faith in Christ to do that today through believer's baptism. Now, whenever you bring up a subject like following, there are a lot of misconceived notions that we have in our culture, especially because of the emergence of social media, our concept of following has been convoluted to some extent. For example, I have an app on my phone called Tweetbot, which was actually designed by somebody who goes to South Bay Church, and this is for Twitter. How many of you guys are on Twitter? You have a Twitter account, a few of you in the room. Also, it's a lot like Facebook. If you don't know anything about Twitter, you can Google it. If you don't know anything about Google, I can't help you with that. But I have about 175 people that I follow on Tweetbot or on Twitter. Now, I'd like for you to know that I actually follow President Obama on Twitter. It's not a political statement, political statement, because I also follow former Governor Mitt Romney. And I actually started to follow them a few weeks back after I watched them debate with each other uh, on television. And I tried to, I thought, you know, if I follow them, I can get a better understanding of their agenda and what they think. And then I, I realized that all they do with Twitter is just attack the other person and really don't say what they believe. But on Twitter, you can follow them. And there are a lot of different types of people on my phone that I follow. There are friends that I follow. There are family members that I follow. I know what goes on in their lives. I know who they're dating. I know all of their thoughts that they post online. And then I have some folks that I follow that I have no relationship with. And they could care less about me. I mean, I don't mean to say anything negative about President Obama or Governor Romney, but they could care less who I am. They don't care about there's a fact, the fact that there's this church called South Bay Church in the Silicon Valley. Now, if we were in Ohio or a swing state, it might be a little bit different of a story. But they could care less. There's no existing relationship between us and them. And many of us, we transpose that same mentality onto God. That maybe we follow what he says, we want to know his agenda, but there's no relationship between us and him. And there's something different that God wants to do in each of our lives. He wants to have a relationship with us that takes precedence over every other relationship in our lives. In fact, he says this in Matthew chapter 28. If you have a Bible, you can turn there and listen to what Jesus says. After he has healed people, after he has taught thousands of individuals, after he's been crucified, after he is resurrected from the dead, and right before he is about to ascend back to heaven, he says this. All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. This is a declaration where Jesus is saying, I'm more than a great teacher. I'm more than a healer. I'm God who lived in human flesh for a period of 33 years. And now because I've conquered the grave, he's saying, all authority on heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, as a result of this, go and make disciples meaning followers of all nations. Jesus says that my mission for you as my followers, as he's talking to these 12 guys that have followed him for over three years, my mission for you is that you would go into all nations, every tribe and tongue, rich and poor, young and old, men and women, 
every person on every, in every tribe of the planet, I want to have a relationship with me. Go into all nations, make disciples of them. And this is what he says to describe the process of making followers of Jesus. He says this, baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teach them to obey everything that I have commanded you. And then he says this, Surely I am with you always to the very ends of the age. That as you go out and you're accomplishing this mission, Jesus says, I will be with you. I'll give you the strength. I'll give you the wisdom. I'll give you the power that you need to make followers of me. There are two components of that that I want to drill down into today. The first part is what Jesus says, baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit and teach them to obey everything that I have commanded you. See, what Jesus wants with you and with me is an exclusive relationship. Not an exclusive relationship that we don't include anybody else in the relationship, but he wants the relationship between us and him to take precedence over every other relationship in our lives. Let me say it like this, going back to my Twitter illustration. I have a different relationship with one person I follow on Twitter that's, that is way, way different than every other relationship in my life. It's my relationship with my wife, Stacy. But I don't just merely follow her on Twitter. We text back and forth throughout the course of the day. We have long conversations. We go out on date nights. We do things that I don't do with anybody else in the world that I can't say from the stage. We have a relationship that is different than any other relationship I have in my life. God wants a relationship with you that takes precedence over every other relationship and it starts with baptism and it continues with obedience day after day, week after week, month after month, that he would be the focal point of our lives. And so today what I want to do very simply, I want to challenge those of you who have yet to go public with your faith in Christ to do that. And I want to give you three reasons why you should be baptized and three reasons why you shouldn't be baptized. Now, I know on the front end it sounds a little bit like a contradiction, but it'll all clear up in the end if you'll just hang with me. You can't fall asleep and it all makes sense. You've got to stay with me, all right? You guys awake? Yeah. All right. So first reason why we should get baptized is this. Because Jesus tells us to. Because Jesus tells us to. This week I went out of town for a few days. I'm always a little bit nervous how the kids are going to do when I'm out of town because I know that I can't bring the reinforcement from across the country. And the last thing I always say to my boys before I go out of town is I say, obey your mom. And then when I call and I check in, the first question I always ask is, are you being obedient to your mother? The, the two most important things, that obedience factor, obey and then the check in, are you being obedient? See, Jesus says on the front end, the last and great commandment he gives to us is to go into the world to baptize people and then to teach them to obey everything that he's commanded us to do. If you are a follower of Christ, the fact that Jesus says to be baptized is enough of a reason to make that decision because Jesus tells us to take this step. We should take this step. Now, let's unpack a little bit more why this is important. And the second reason is this, because you have decided to follow Jesus. If you have decided to follow Christ, the next step that he commissions you and commissions me to take is the step 
to publicly identify with him through baptism. In fact, if you were to go back to the scriptures and study the book of Acts, which is the early church in action, you would see over and over and over and over again, people believing in Christ, following him, and immediately being baptized. In Acts chapter 2, one of Jesus' original 12 disciples, the men that were the leaders of the church, Peter stands up and he gives this great talk about the message of Christ. He talks about Jesus' death and burial, resurrection, and how every person can be forgiven through Christ. And then at the end of it, people want to know how to respond. And listen to what he says in chapter 2 of Acts, verse number 37. It says, when the people heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the other apostles, brothers, what shall we do? What a great question. When they hear the message, what do we do with it? How are we to respond? That's one of the greatest questions that we should always ask when we're engaging the message of Christ. How does this change the way that I live? What should I do about it? Peter replied, repent and be baptized. Every one of you in the name of Jesus for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the Holy Spirit. This promise is for you and your children and for all who are far off, for all whom the Lord our God will call. With many other words, he warned them and pleaded with them. Save yourselves from this corrupt generation. Listen to this. Those who accepted his message were baptized, and about 3,000 people were added to their number that day. Could you imagine how long that must have gone and how the apostles and the disciples, the ones that were doing all the baptisms, must have looked after that, their hands, and they're all shriveled up. But what a great celebration that on that day, over 3,000 people would put their faith in Christ, and then they would publicly declare that faith in Christ through being baptized. This happens over and over and over and over in the book of Acts. It's almost as if they're putting on a jersey to say, I'm on the team, I'm following Christ, I'm making him the focal point of my life. Which made me think about this. How many of you guys know that there's a World Series going on right now in the Bay Area? How many Giants fans here? I would like for you to know that I grew up in Detroit, Michigan. And uh, I'm a little bit torn. People have asked me who I'm cheering for. I said, if I told you, I would have to kill you. So I won't tell you who I'm cheering for. Now, here's what's ironic to me about any time an athletic team does well. Like if you, if you go into a community with football, baseball, basketball, usually there are a number of people that wear the jersey for their team, right? Now, I've noticed that there aren't quite as many uh, Warriors jerseys around the Bay Area. I don't know why that is. Uh, but I, I see... People in 49ers jerseys, Oakland A's jerseys, God forbid, Oakland Raiders jerseys. And and do you ever notice how when a team starts to do good, everybody gets a jersey or a t-shirt or a hat or a jacket that they wear for their favorite team? And, And I love, women never do this, but men do this. They identify themselves with the team as if they're on the team. You know what I'm talking about, don't you? Like, oh man, you should have seen our offense today. We were incredible. You should have seen how hard we were hitting. You should have seen our special teams. Our pitching was amazing. You guys know what I'm talking about? You see men do that all the time. It doesn't matter how big they are, how out of shape they are. If they ever played sports, they are on that team with their words. 
And have you noticed, nobody feels shame about putting that jersey on. I've never heard a guy say to myself, say to himself, before I put my 49ers jersey on, I need to get my 40 speed down to four seconds, right? Nobody says it. 40 is like 40 yards, for those of you who don't know what that means. I've never heard a guy say, before I put my Giants jersey on, I need to get my batting average on my softball team up to 400. Nobody thinks like that with their jersey, yet we transpose that same that opposite mentality into our faith with Christ that we think once I get my life together, once I get my act together, then I'm going to publicly identify with Christ. But as I look back over the journey of our church, how many people who've come to faith in Christ, their lives were all a mess, they're jacked up, yet they get baptized as a public declaration and then watch in the ensuing months and years, God radically change that life. And you go back to that point of baptism that all of these people looked around and said, who is this crazy person that would, you know, they're following Christ, their life's a mess. That's not what a Christ follower looks like. Yet over the course of time, people see, oh, God can change that person's life. If God can change that person's life, God can change my life. It's not a matter of getting your life together. If you believe in Christ, if you've decided to follow him, then it's time for you to go public with your faith in him. The third reason I want to give to you is this. Because you were baptized before you, were, you decided. Some of you, because of your background growing up, had a decision made by a parent that they would baptize you before you could decide. There are two very important passages of Scripture for us to understand on this. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17 says this, If any person is in Christ, he's a new creation. The old is gone and the new has come. What that means is when a person places their faith in Christ, There's an old way of life that passes away and there is a new way of life, a life of hope, a life of joy, a life of peace that comes when that person decides to follow Christ. Baptism is symbolic of that old way of life passing away and a new way of life in Christ. In fact, look at Romans chapter six. It it says this, don't you know that all of us who were baptized into Christ were baptized into his death? We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead to the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. He's saying this, baptism is symbolic of an old way of life dying and there is a new you that comes to life in Christ. It's like a wedding ring. If you've been coming to South Bay, you've heard me say this many times. I put this wedding ring on Almost 10 years ago, next May, I will celebrate 10 years of marriage with my wife, Stacy. And I, I hardly ever take this wedding ring off because I want people to know that I'm married, that I'm taken. Not that I got a bunch of women hitting on me or anything, but, but I want people to know that I am in love and I am committed. I have an exclusive relationship with one person that takes precedence over any other human relationship. Baptism is symbolic the way a wedding ring is symbolic of faith in Christ. So as a person goes down, it represents the old way of life going away. We'll see today in the water that a person will go under the water. They come up. It represents the new life in Christ. Now, imagine it like this. 
Imagine if when you were a small child, your parents decided that they were going to have a wedding ceremony for you. Now, many of you, either you're married or you hope to be at some point. And if your mom and dad came to you when you were planning your wedding and said to you, son, daughter, we don't need to plan this wedding. Let's just save all the money because when you were a baby, we decided to have your wedding ceremony for you you'd look at your mom and dad and say, you're crazy. And they said, no, we got you dressed up in that tuxedo or we put you in that little dress, hopefully boy tuxedo, girl dress. And we had your wedding ceremony. You'd look at them and you would say, dad, mom, thanks very much. I really appreciate that. But now that I've made this decision for myself, I, I, I want to show the world that I want to be married to this man or married to this woman. You'd make the decision Personal. See, if your parents decided to have you baptized before you were able to make the decision yourself, it's not that that was a horrible decision on their part. In fact, for many of them, that was symbolic of their desire for you to follow Christ. And now your decision to be baptized and to follow Christ as an adult after you've decided is actually a fulfillment of their desire that they had for you as a child. But that experience, although it was meaningful, it was meaningful for them. And what Jesus wants out of us, if we're going to follow him, is to personally, publicly identify with him in making the decision to follow Christ. So three reasons, okay? Number one, first of all, because you've Uh, Because Jesus tells us to. Number two, uh, because you've decided to follow. And number three, because you were baptized before you had the opportunity to decide. Now, there are three reasons why you should not be baptized today. And I'm going to run through them not quite uh, as long as the other ones. But here's the first one. Because you aren't sure that you believe in Jesus yet. Because you aren't sure that you believe in Jesus. And you're exploring the claims of his life and his teaching. In fact, can I say this from the bottom of my heart? We started this church for people who are exploring relationship with Christ. And so that people from different religious backgrounds could come and in a safe way engage the message of Christ and his love for them. And so if that's you, we want you to feel loved, to feel accepted. We want to help you take that next step. We have resources in our resource center. There's a book called The Case for Faith. There's another book at our guest center called How Good is Good Enough. And I want to challenge you, if you are not yet a follower of Christ, to wrestle this question to the ground. What do you believe about the message of Christ? Who was he? Because the implications of that decision will impact not only this life, but have implications for all of eternity. And what the Bible teaches, that he was more than just a man, he was more than a great teacher, He was God who came in human flesh to create a path so that all of humanity could be restored to God. Many of you guys may have heard this. There was a guy a few weeks ago that decided to jump out of this little rocket ship. It was going up into the air. It got to about 100,000 feet. How many of you guys heard this story? And he drops out, and at about 10,000 feet, the parachute opens. Prior to that, he breaks the sound barrier. I just can't imagine how anybody would want by themselves just to like break the sound barrier, but very bold and courageous. And you know that that parachute was his only hope. That parachute opened up. He went to the ground safely, and it was like a normal day at work for this guy. 
But his destiny without intervention was destruction. His destiny without intervention was destruction. And all of us, our propensity and our tendency is to destroy our lives apart from God. The Bible calls it sin. And what God does is he intervenes on our behalf so that we can know him and have relationship with him. The Bible says in Romans 3.23, the wages, the cost of my sin is death. The wages of our sin is death. Separation from God for all of eternity. But the, etern- the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. No matter where you are in the journey today, by placing your faith in Christ, relationship between you and God can begin. Second group of people, I could camp on that, that should not be baptized today are those who have yet to decide to follow Christ. Number one, because we aren't sure we believe in Jesus. Number two, because we aren't sure we want to follow Jesus. I think that there are folks that believe in the message of Christ, his teaching, his death, his burial, resurrection, but they're not so sure that they want to follow him. Maybe you've been taught this message your whole life, and you believe it in the cognitive sense, but you don't believe it at the core of who you are. Look at what the Bible says in Romans chapter 10, verse 19, is the verse, uh, verse number eight, is the verse comes on the screen. It says, but what does it say? The word is near you. It is in your mouth and in your heart. That is the message concerning faith that we proclaim. Verse number nine says this, if you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Uh, There's a word there that is so important for us to understand. It's that word, Lord. It it literally means master. That the decision to follow Christ is not just a cognitive decision. It's a heart decision whereby we give the keys of our lives over to God, and we say, you're in control of my life. I I put you as the focal point, everything I have, is yours. It's not just believing with your head. It's believing in your heart and giving your life to him. So today, I want to challenge you. If you believe in your heart and in your mind, but you haven't told him, if you haven't given him the keys, today can be that day for you. Not only that you would believe in him and give him your life, but that you would tell the world that you're going to follow him. And so we're going to give you that opportunity in just a moment to do that. The third and last reason is this. Because you think that baptism will result in salvation. Because you believe that baptism will result in salvation. See, if you study what the Bible teaches, and you go all throughout the New Testament, which is the second part of the Bible from the life of Jesus forward, you will see so clearly that salvation does not come by our good deeds, our hard work, our effort. In fact, it happens by two things being into play. Number one, grace, and number two, faith. Look at what Ephesians chapter two, verse eight and nine says. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not from yourself. It is a gift from God, not by works, so that no person can boast. It's so clear. It's by grace through faith. Baptism does not bring you to salvation. It it might be that moment, For some of you, where you're making a decision to follow Christ, but baptism going into the water is not what takes away your sin. It's the blood of Christ that was shed on a cross that when we put our faith in his death, 
burial and resurrection as our, in essence, parachute, as our only salvation relationship between us and God can begin. And so for those of you who are going to take this step today, there's nothing that you could ever do to cause God to love you any more than he loves you at this moment. It's not like you go into that baptismal water and now all of a sudden God loves you and you're his special child. He loves you in this moment and what he is saying to you is I want you in obedience to me, in your desire to follow me, to let the world know that I am yours and you are mine. That my, my child has come home back to me, back to relationship with me as a representation, as a symbol of your choice to follow me. Now, all across the room and listening today are people who are at all different places in the journey spiritually. For some of you today, that decision to be baptized has been a stopping point in your relationship with God. You've yet to go public with your faith in Him and you're already a follower. In just a moment, I'm going to give you the opportunity to do that, to step up and to say, I'm choosing to follow Christ. But first, I want us to see a powerful video of somebody's life who's recently been impacted here at South Bay Church and is being baptized today. Hey, how's it going? I'm Travis Dethridge, and uh, I'll tell you a little bit about my story. Um, first off, I've been at South Bay since uh, late in January of this year. Um, so that's about you know, nine, ten months. A little bit about my brief history is that my parents got divorced when I was two. And then in seventh grade, I decided to go back to the Christian community, Christian school. And uh, I went to the King's Academy. Um, and I went there from seventh grade to twelfth grade. So I was there for about six, seven years. And I spent most of my summers there playing football and different sports. And on the outside, it looked like I was just applying everything that I was learning. And really on the inside, I wasn't sure about a lot of things, but I was living a life that was kind of just broken and separate from a lot of different things. I was really confused. And the worst part was my mentors that I went and spoke with every morning, read the Bible with, they had no idea who I was. I had no idea who I was. Because when I was in those walls of the King's Academy, learning this knowledge about who God was, it all sounded great to me. But the problem was I wasn't taking it and doing anything with it. I was off in the world at 17 and a half years old, surrounded by sin, surrounded by negative influences. And I fell. I fell deep into the whirlwind effect of what I did in high school to now not having the limits that I had before. I didn't have the curfew. I didn't have to go to school early in the morning. And so instead of saying no to that party in high school, I was now running the party in college. I went to the party and I drank. Even though I told myself in high school I will never touch a drink because of my dad's alcohol problems. It wasn't until actually a conversation with a non-Christian friend where she was asking me about different stories in the Bible and my experiences in high school that actually pulled out my Bible for the first time voluntarily. And we sat there and we read through it and I realized that in that moment I had been living this lie. And it was also in that moment that I decided to take my friend up on her invitation. And that night I decided to come check out South Bay when I finally walked through the doors of South Bay Church and heard Pastor Andy's message on unfailing love. I realized that no matter how far or how many times I stray away, he will always love me. 
And from that moment, not only have I gone on the Ethiopia mission trip, but I also am now a leader in Ignite, which is our student ministry program. The reason I'm getting baptized is because I not only want to live this life for Christ, but I also want everyone to know it. If you have struggled or are struggling with anything I talked about, I just want you to know that God loves us, and His love will never fail us. And if you are ready to give your life to Him, and you want to get baptized, then come join me. Well, I want you guys to welcome Travis. Now, if Travis can be bold with his faith in Christ today and be baptized, you can too. And I, I want you to notice that of all the reasons that I gave to you to not be baptized today, it wasn't that you didn't come prepared. In fact, we came prepared and we've been planning this day and we've been preparing for it knowing that this moment would come where we would present you with the opportunity to go public with your faith in Christ. So much that we have a whole bag for you. Let me show you what's inside of it. We have a t-shirt for you that says, I've decided to follow Christ. And so in just a moment, we're going to give you an opportunity. You go back to the bathrooms and you can get some of these bags. There'll be some counselors that will meet with you there. They'll pray with you. They'll give you everything that you need. Not only is there a t-shirt, but there is a hair tie um, for those of you ladies who might need a hair tie, a hair brush, so that you can get all pretty afterwards. Um, there actually are um, some uh, undergarments here. Um, Travis, are you going to put these on before you, go, you get baptized? Good, I'm glad. Uh, there are some feminine products. I won't pull those out. Um, there is a towel here for you to dry off afterwards. Um, there are some shorts for you because nobody wants to see your white thighs when you go down into the water. Um, these are ladies' shorts. I'm really glad that they're not the men's shorts. And uh, we are fully prepared for you today to make this decision because we believe that this decision oftentimes is the holding point for someone in their journey spiritually. That, that God is not going to reveal to you more steps without you taking that step that he's already given to you. He gives us a step, we obey. We obey, he gives us another step. And the journey of growth spiritually over the course of our lives is merely a series of steps of obedience that leads to this life of joy and peace that God desires for each of us to experience. And so my hope today is that for those of you that this has been your holdup, that you've yet to go public with your faith in Christ, you're already a follower of his, and you did not come prepared that today would be your day to publicly identify. We got photographers, we got a video camera, we'll put together a video, give you the picture, you can give it to your friends and family. I don't want you to miss this opportunity of obedience. I don't want God to be stirring in your heart this step and then you to walk out of here disobedient to what he's asked you to do. And so my challenge for you is that if God is stirring in your heart, if you're a follower of Christ, if you've decided to believe in Jesus and you've yet to go public, do it today. So here's the way that this is going to work. At the end of the prayer time, I'm going to pray in just a moment. And at that prayer, at the end of it, I'm going to count to three. And then all of you who are being baptized today, who want to go public with your faith in Christ, maybe you already had decided before today you were going to do it. All of you deciding now, having decided before you came, those of you who are counselors, you'll slip out to the back. There are bathrooms on the right and the left. There's a men and a women on both the right and the left. If you're confused about what you are, just ask somebody. They'll help you out with that one. 
And when you go into the bathroom, there'll be one of these bags for you to get all the supplies that you need to say, I'm gonna follow Christ. I'm gonna publicly identify with him. I'm gonna put the wedding ring on. I'm gonna get that jersey on. Don't wait until your life is together. Don't wait until all the pieces are pretty. Today is the day to be obedient. Today is the day of salvation for many of you. Maybe you don't even have a relationship with God, but today you're saying, I wanna put my faith in him. I believe in that message. I wanna choose to follow him. You can do it today. You can choose to put your faith in Christ right now and then go public with your faith in two minutes when everybody stands up and we walk to the back, those of us who are being baptized today. So what I wanna ask us to do is for everybody to stand together all across the room, every person, I'm gonna pray. And at the end of this prayer, those of you who are being baptized, I'm gonna count to three. And at the count of three, we're gonna celebrate. Now, here's what I wanna say to you. If you can't do this here with a group of people that love you and believe in you, how will you ever take this step? We love you. We've created this church for you. If you have yet to go public, do it today. We're on your team. We believe in you. We're going to shout and cheer. The Bible says that when one sinner comes to repentance in Christ and turns back to him, there are angels in heaven that are rejoicing. And so in this moment, South Bay, we got to shout. We got to clap. We got to put our hands together. We got to celebrate at the end of this prayer saying, we believe in you. We love you. We're proud of you for taking this step. So I'm going to pray one more time. At the end of the prayer, I'm going to say amen. I'm going to count to three. And those of you who are being baptized, slip to the back and counselors as well at the same time. Father, thank you today for your work. Thank you for Travis and his obedience. Thank you for countless of other people today who are saying, I'm in, I'm following you. And God, I pray that this would be a a day that is monumental in the history of our church. It would be a day that is monumental in the history of, of dozens of lives. Thank you, God for the salvation that you offer. Thank you for an empty tomb. Thank you that you didn't come just to have casual relationship with us, but you came so that we would know you and love you and follow you with everything that we are. And so God, I pray that this moment would bring great joy to your heart. I pray that it would bring pleasure to you as you see your people stepping forward in obedience. We pray these things in the name of Jesus. Amen.